Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to Neutral Game, your newbie-friendly fighting game podcast. I'm Six Detmar from Scanline Media. And I'm Real Soviet Bear. Hello. Hello. Uh, welcome back to the stage of history. Uh, yeah, I'm ready to get back in the ring. Excellent, excellent. Well, uh, we're actually doing it with a, with an old friend uh, this time, one of, the, one of the fighting games you and I have the longest relationship with, um... It in Mortal Kombat. Any <laughs> <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Uh, um, it's Blue, um, which I think we both were under the impression we'd done an episode about, but we only did BB Tag. Yeah. Central Fiction, which is why we're here. Yeah, I was 100% convinced we talked about Blue at some point, so it's kind of ridiculous we've never actually done it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's just that uh, because by the time we started this podcast... We'd both played so much of it that it's just like it was uh, like a background element of our lives and we didn't even think about it in this active kind of way, you know? Possibly. Maybe because we when we started this uh, podcast, it was already old news, which tells you how long it's been since the new Blaze Blue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's back in the news because they, uh, they put out that rollback netcode and they've been doing some adjustments to it. And... Uh, you know, a big netcode update is a great reason to revisit a fighting game. And so we're here to talk about it. Yeah, Arc System Works has started uh, updating uh, via fan help, I believe, at least. Uh, which I believe you're also compensating, so it's not as fan. But anyway, uh, they there's a enthusiastic team of people who are able to add rollback to old titles. And they add it to uh, mm-hmm. Guilty Gear uh, XX Axon Core Plus R. Uh, then they added to Blaze Blue uh, Central Fiction. I believe before they did Blaze Blue, they asked people which game would you like to see it next for. I think the, I guess the overwhelming majority was Blaze Blue. Um, the next mm. up is actually currently in beta testing as of time of this recording. Blaze Blue Cross Tag getting rollback, and mm-hmm. I don't think they've said which game they'll do next. Uh, they've announced the next one. They have. Uh-huh. Or Persona 4 Arena. Oh, I, I I don't count yeah. that. I don't count the uh, ones published by other companies. Because I believe they'd want to probably do the, you know, they could do probably Grand Blue and um, Grand Ball Fighters, but uh, I'm assuming that's on the publisher, not on them. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. And it's a bummer because those are two games that, oh, I mean, Dragon Ball's netcode's pretty good, but they could both really use that help. Especially, I mean, Grand Blue, God making Grand Blue at all relevant again would be really nice. I mean, um, we, we both have talk, talked about all these games and said, like, yeah, the netcode's pretty good, but I think it's just... It, it cannot be underestimated, understated how light years beyond that, like, decent rollback netcode is. It's, it's both that, and it's also, like, I mean, you and I have, you know, a, a very long distance uh, connection, but on both of our ends, it's relatively stable. We kind of know what we're doing, right? Um, when you're just playing random online, the odds of running into someone who's like, listen, I use Wi-Fi. I'm not here to say all Wi-Fi users are garbage, but a lot of Wi-Fi people don't know what they're doing. And so you're playing with someone who has their PS4 hooked up inches away from their microwave and it's a nightmare. Um, and just better netcode really helps in those situations. Yep. Um but yeah, we, we don't know what the third game is. I'm, I'm personally hoping for Exert, but who knows. Uh, that said, uh, yeah, we're here to talk about Blaze Blue, which has it, and it's now relevant again. Mm-hmm. So, Blaze Blue. Uh, so, once upon a time, 
Arxis made Guilty Gear, and uh, I guess the, the the biblical version of this was and you say, and it was good, or whatever. And then rights issues popped up, and they couldn't make Guilty Gear for a while. And so they invented Blaze Blue. Yeah, specifically what happened with the rights was the publisher of Guilty Gear uh, was uh, Sammy. Uh, I don't know if they're called Sammy Inc. or whatever, but just Sammy, uh, which was Japanese pachinko and gaming company. And then Sega and Sammy merged. And during that merger, um, like, Sa- I think, like, Sam, they still, like, were, like, separate, like, sub entities within the merger, but they kind of rearranged what each one did. So all the game rights that Sammy owned went to Sega the, as a division, and all the hardware rights Sega owned went to Sammy. Um, and Guilty Gear got lost in that, and I believe there was an interview where I think Daisuke was asked specifically, like, oh, is that true? And I think he didn't explicitly say, yes, that exact version is true. He said, like, yeah, people are talking about a lot of what has happened, and most of it is true. So it's something along those lines. It's probably not, like, the entire story, but... They essentially lost... Japanese business dealings can be very opaque, so... Yeah, but essentially in that merger is when Guilty Gear was lost, and um, the Blaze Blue was advertised in the beginning as this replacement for Guilty Gear. Uh, the difference was that uh, Daisuke did not head up the uh, creative side of the project. He was only there for uh, the music, and I'm assuming some general production stuff. Uh, it was headed up by a different Arc System Works employee who is... Uh, um, called Mori, and I believe he's also, like, both Daisuke and him are currently, like, C-level at the company. They're, like, chief something. It's, like, not CEOs, but, like, pretty high up. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, throughout the history of the series, let's see, we had Calamity Trigger, Continuum Shift, and then Continuum Shift had had version updates of Continuum Shift 2 and then Continuum Shift Extend. And then we had Chrono Phantasma, the one that no one likes. And then we had Central Fiction, whoa, which whoa, is where whoa, we are. Whoa. We had Chrono Phantasma, and then we had Chrono Phantasma Extend, which is the one that nobody likes. Chrono Phantasma oh, regular right, was okay. Right. It was a little bit of a mess, but it didn't have Kokonoi in it. <laughs> no, Chrono Phantasma did have Kokonoi. Chrono Phantasma Extend was the big um, balance update revision that just, like, changed so much. That's when I stopped playing, because, okay. like, ha- okay. Hakuman got, like, shot in the knees completely. Um, because they nerfed him, but they didn't like give him anything, and then they gave him stuff in uh, Central Fiction, so it kind of evened itself out. But anyway, um, just to note that all of these updates, because this is like an old game, so the first game was PS3, right, Cloudy Trigger, and uh, for PC it was Games for Windows Live. So there were a lot of there are two things to keep in mind. All of these versions we just mentioned, except for Continuum Shift Two were paid installments, like full paid games. Mm-hmm. They were not DLC uh, at all, and two point, uh, Continuum Shift 2.0 was a free update. Um, and they came out fairly quickly. We had a very weirdly staggered release where you had the original staggering, where Japan would get the game, and then a year later, uh, the US would get a game, and then two years later... Europe would get the game, and then maybe PC players would someday get the game. It was a bit weird, but it got to this Mm -hmm. ridiculous point where if you 
I can't remember which version it was, but there was one point where a European version of a BlazBlue installment released a month before the Japanese version of the following installment. It was it I was that much guess of a that's mess. Continuum Shift Extend because Continuum Shift Extend had a really weird release. Yeah, but it was a mess. It wasn't like it's it's kind of ridiculous how good we have it now. But back then, it was kind of <laughs> if you wanted to play Blaze Blue, you were playing on console, and if you wanted to play Blaze Blue, and you were from Europe, you imported um, either Japanese or the U.S. version because they were not region locked. It was it was. It was wild. It's kind of wild reflecting on it now because it feels eons ago, but that's how it was. Now things are actually, you know, everybody gets the thing the same day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still have um, my retail copy of Cent- of Central Fiction in Japanese because even when that released on PS4, it was still, I think, a month and a half. Like, if you ordered it from Japan, it was a month and a half before any Western release. So you haven't ever gotten to properly enjoy the story, then? Uh, so I gave up on the story after uh, Calamity <laughs> Trigger, because I like Calamity Trigger's story, because Calamity Trigger's story is essentially the same format as uh, Guilty Gear uh, XX, because Guilty Gear XX had this, pick a character, they have branching paths, the branching paths uh, go into three directions, and then some endings are conditions for you to be able to get endings of other things, and it was like this nice little time loop, and there were a lot of fights, and I was fine with that, because I was familiar with that. And then um, um, Continuum Shift came out, and I was just like, I don't have any fucking clue what's going on, I can't follow this, I'm just gonna auto-skip it so I can get the character you get when you watch a story mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's... I, I will want to have a section to talk about the story and stuff. I, I got pretty deep into the story. It's pretty... I think Blaze Blue is one of the innovators of the, like, fighting game visual novel. Um, But also it's kind of a disaster. Anyway. I have I have takes on that, but yeah, let's talk about that later. Okay, alright. Um, but yeah, I mean... As far as, like, clearly we've both played a lot of this game. I think it's come across. We've also played a lot of this game with each other, so. Yep. Um, I th- I can't remember which was the first one we tried playing with each other. Probably um, Chrono Phantasma. Cause... I think... No, it would have been Continuum Shift. Was it? Con- okay. I think specifically it's Continuum Shift 2. Okay, maybe. Because I, um, so I didn't own a PS3 for quite a while. I played... Calamity Trigger through Continuum Shift um, once a week at a friend's place. So every Saturday I'd go to his place because he owned a PS3. And Mm -hmm. all of my knowledge was boiled down to um, whatever I learned in that like five-hour span once a week. And then uh, when I got a PS3, after that, Growing Phantasma came out, and that kind of skyrocketed my skill level because i actually had the game on hand and can play whenever yeah see this is what happened is because um i never played chrono phantasma against any humans Mm. um so we played together back in the cs days when you only had occasional access to the game and i was like man we're pretty evenly matched this is great (laughs) 
and then the next time we played together was Central Fiction when you were able to own the game, and I was like, oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 kind of amazing how much more you learn when you actually aren't playing five hours a week, and it's not only against a Ragna and a Tager. Yeah. Uh, for the, like a lot of fighting games, I mean, you know, I have I have a few on this where I am I am better, I am the better player. But like most of the games we play, Mia Drake's better than me at this one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're you're probably 100 percent better at me than at the Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, I don't know what else we we if we had normal netcode for Grand Blue, we could hopefully test that because that would be yeah, a fun one to learn. But who knows? But yeah, I I. <laughs> I mostly just have my little niche and I stick to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of ex personal experience playing each other. I have a lot of time spent playing other friends. Uh, we both have a lot of time playing with someone we don't talk to anymore. Um, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a whole lot of stuff. Um, and so, you know, it, Compared to some of our other episodes, we're going to be a little not like I'm not going to say we're going to be more deep in the weeds, because obviously the point of this podcast is to be able to talk about the game to people who haven't played it before. That would be a waste of everyone's time. But I think we're like it's not as much of a surface reading as we sometimes have to do, which is nice. Yeah, because usually we pick a game, we play it for a bit, and after we're done playing with it, we go, we do recording of it. Um, this is more, oh, let's just remind ourselves what Blaze Blue is, and then just talk about it because we already played so much of it yeah as far as as opposed to like a week or so we've got a couple of years to think about this one so. <laughs> um but just to lay out the basics as far as um mechanically um it's it's i feel like it's very it's got its own things that are very blaze blue but i think in a lot of ways it feels classically like anime fighter arxis to me um you have uh like it's uh light medium heavy set up with a special button. The special button in this game is called drive, um, which basically has an ability that is specific to your given character. Um, one of the things that I think is coolest about the game. Um, you have a burst mechanic, which works like it does in guilty gear, except for as of uh, Chrono Phantasma, if you hit your burst, when you're not being comboed, uh, you actually go into a special mode called Overdrive instead, which is enhances your character's abilities. Um, you have Barrier Blocks, which are blocks that take a special meter and, you know, avoid chip and can block some things that otherwise you couldn't. Mostly just like air blocking DPs, for instance. And then you have Rapid Cancels, which are just, you know, they're just Roman Cancels. You just hit a button and you, you, you're safe. Yeah. I think the most turbulent mechanic in this franchise was definitely burst in overdrive because it took mm -hmm. so many iterations for them to actually figure out what they wanted to do. And I believe uh, Chrono Phantasma to Central Fiction is the only transition between two games where they didn't like completely change it. Because in the first game, it was um, you have a one burst per round, and when you use that burst, uh, you're health enters danger state and when you're in danger state you take something like double damage or something ridiculous so mm -hmm. everybody would hoard their burst until um like the very end of the round because obviously you don't want to have like 50 percent meter and like then take double damage for that 50 percent um mm -hmm. then continuum shift it was some other stuff um 
it, it was you you had stocks of it and you started with one stock each and then when you lost a round you got another stock yeah 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 so they had to change it to stocks and uh they also added gold burst and gold burst was not like guilty gear where it gives you meter gold burst was like launches your opponent into the air and it gives you like juggle opportunities which is like if you burst offensively and then mm-hmm. um in Central Fiction, they did the current version, which is like this universal meter for burst and overdrive, where you're if if you burst, the entire meter depletes, but if you overdrive, um, like seventy percent of the meter depletes, and you have this temporary install, and that kind of also enabled them to clean up some of the mechanics. So a lot of characters had installs or situational gimmicks, and. They were a bit messy, like, because nobody used them. Like, there was Blood Cane for Ragna, which is his, oh, I do a lot of damage, my health drains, and I'm Angie, and shit like that. And then there are a few other mm-hmm. characters, like Bang had his Bang install, which was a meme more than actually useful, although if you actually nailed it, it was very useful. Uh, it was weird, but they all kind of just get relegated to, oh, well, when you're in overdrive, it's just enabled rather than it being a special move or a super move. Mm-hmm. And even and it even allowed them to draw upon some stuff that they had just kind of had hanging around the edges. Like um, with Hazama in the story mode, he always had a boss form where he had like this ring of like meter drain and shit. And they're like, oh, we'll just slap that on his overdrive. It's like, oh, yeah, neat. Yeah. The actual advanced use of overdrive um, uh, that's very useful is that if you're comboing somebody during overdrive, uh, they cannot burst uh, or enter mm-hmm. or drive themselves, so they're just taking damage. So it's very good if you like want to hit confirm a combo by going into overdrive, and then you think you can kill them. Like like that's like very very useful there. And there's also you can press the overdrive button again at any point to do a special o- o- special like overdrive super. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then in Central Fiction, they added just an additional layer to it, which, oh god, I can't remember what it's called, like, Excel or something? I actually don't remember the name. Exceed? Yeah, Excel uh, Exceed, I believe. Oh, yeah. it's actually Excel Exceed, okay. Uh, where, if you're doing certain, um, like, offensive things and offensive actions, eventually your health bar will glow purple, and if you enter Overdrive while it's glowing purple... Uh, your overdrive is actually much more effective and your overdrive super will do much more damage. So you're kind of encouraged after doing a bunch of offensive actions to actually use it because they didn't want people hoarding the meter. And then also after after it's over, then you get active flow, which is another, like, you know, momentum booster mechanic. Um, yeah, because it is still overwhelmingly the choice of people to save it for burst, which makes sense, but... You know, it is to increasingly make an argument for overdrive being useful for people, I think makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think they went from burst being a ridiculously janky mechanic to it actually making sense. Like, the fact that they mm-hmm. kept it between two versions for the first time, I think, is a testament to that. However, when you're fighting, I've, I've learned this from, from commentators and pro players. When you're fighting Hakuman, you don't use overdrive at all you save burst for when you get hit by zontets <laughs> that's what i've been told <laughs> and so i listen okay um, i guess that makes sense 
or it's just whatever when you get hit by that whatever's coming after is gonna deal a shitload of damage so you just need to burst i mean um, to be fair even me who's not particularly combo oriented could get like a solid four to five k out of it yeah yeah for sure um and i mean you know it's a uh, you spend in three magatama for it which is the thing we'll get into when you talk about characters because this is kind of the peak of everyone has their own mechanics that arxis likes to do uh blaze blue is kind of the the i would say the pinnacle of that yeah definitely um but yeah generally it's just with the you know light medium heavy um you have you can either do a double jump or an air dash um you have classic arxis mechanics like a negative penalty in place um and it just turns into a game that's very mobile um and pretty aggressive but i think still leaves decent options for reversal and and defense so it doesn't feel as overwhelming as like a team fighter can yeah i think mechanically speaking like on a system level there's a lot going on and there's a lot of meters going on and i feel Every after Blaze Blue, they've been trying to just go back to simpler and simpler. Like Exert was much simpler, I think, because uh, it was based on an earlier Gear to Gear iteration as its starting point, and then Strive is even simpler. Uh, BB Tag is a bit more complicated. I feel like it, playing BB Tag is easier than playing regular Blaze Blue, but I I don't think it's a lighter in the mechanics department. I think, I feel like BB Tag is a game where there are a lot of system mechanics, but none of the system mechanics are complicated. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I also should have mentioned Crush Trigger. You can spend a quarter of your of your bar to do, like, a you know, a, an unblockable, basically. So. Well, it, it it's not really like an unblockable attack, it's more just a guard break, and if, you use, if the opponent uses barrier and instead consumes a good chunk of their barrier meter... Yeah, I never use it, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all right uh, to get people, no pun intended, off guard. Uh, but otherwise, uh, it, it has some combo potential. Like I believe the Hakuman one is actually a launcher, or at least used to be in Chrono Phantasma. Well, we've talked a lot about Hakuman. Let's go into the character roster, and maybe you can you can lay out the 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 the, the big silver haired boy who was once my main. And uh, and then because of my thing about not having the same main as a friend, now I I main someone else. But uh, your your longtime best friend Hakuman. I mean, okay, I'm gonna just set the stage here. So you can play Blaze Blue five hours a week, and when you come to your friend's place, they 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 are very good at it, and you have limited time to actually learn your character. Um, every character has a drive button, and that drive has a million fucking moves associated with it. So, I picked the one that just had press press X to parry. That was basically my logic. Like, okay, this seems like the most simple thing to actually learn. Um, so Hakuman is a parry character. Um, his drive is essentially different types of parries. You have the, um mid parry, the low parry, the super fast uh, and tight parry, and he has even aerial parries, super parries. Uh, They used to be very busted, Uh, now they're less, because before it used to be that uh, he basically puts up a shield, if somebody hits that shield, he then pulls out his arm, and that arm is an unblockable move that grabs the opponent and slams them. 
Um, and then you can cancel that into uh, specials. Now they remove that cancel into specials unless you are in overdrive, and uh, they made it so that you can block the follow-up repost. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. a bit worse than it was, but he has other options, so it's fine. Um, and most people, how they play him is um, they play him combo style because he has a special meter. Instead of having a standard super meter, he has uh, Magatama, uh, where his meter can have up to eight. Uh, there are people just call them orbs because they look like orbs. And each special move costs a different amount of orbs, uh, like one, two, or three, and then four orbs for super moves. And what people do is because those orbs passively uh, increase, people essentially just learn to play him as a burst uh, damage character. Essentially, like, oh, like he hits somebody and then he can spend, you know, six Magatama to do ridiculous damage. Um, I, mm-hmm. I haven't, I've never been like too much of a combo player. So, how I learned to play him was more neutral game focused and focusing on parries, which, um, on high level play, probably not as good, but on mid to low level play, it's very frustrating. Um, I've had people uh, tell me, essentially, oh, I tried to look up what to do in the matchup against Hakumen, and all the Hakumen I saw never used parries, so I don't really know what to do against you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a, you know, it's a learning situation. I, I have, I have had that, uh, situation in, in other fighting games. Uh, last year I was helping, uh, friend of the show, uh, Kyrie practice, uh, undernight and, uh, she was fighting a lot of Linnae's. And so I was like, oh, I play Linnae. I'll help you train on Linnae. And finally she had to be like, Linnae's don't play like you. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, you know, like. There is a, for a lot of characters like this, there is a primary style, but there's still room for a secondary. Um, and I do think Hakuman does a pretty good job of supporting that secondary, right? He has the special that is like the rushing parry. Um, he has Yukikaze, of course. Um, they give him tools to allow you to emphasize that nature of him, even if it's not as popular. I mean, I, you have to keep in mind, this is from... Uh... Like, I, I started playing Blades Blue in an era where people would basically fawn over arcade matches and theory craft, and then if you didn't play, like, Japanese pros, um, you know, people would, like, constantly diss you. Like, I was told on multiple occasions, like, oh, you're playing your character wrong, that's not how you're supposed to play Hakuman, and then I would play against those people. And like in mirror matches and win, and they'd be like, "Oh, you're playing weird. That's not how you're supposed to play." Like I had multiple instances of that, simply because, you know, this is how you're supposed to do the thing, or go, that's what you're gonna do. Um, whereas I'm, I'm kind of always the opinion of, it's it's fine to develop your style, and I think that's a bit more popular nowadays. Like obviously, there's still bread and butter combos and things people refer to, but. Um, mm-hmm. like fighting games are now much faster in the sense of people have more readily available access to playing them. They have better access to opponents and there's more people playing in general than 10 years ago. So I think now it's much easier to find people who actually experiment and play in um, different ways. And it's a thing I definitely think we want to, win, like we want to, support on this this podcast right like it is there is that old head mentality of like the optimal way to play and the way the characters designed to be play and quite frankly like 
fuck all that. If that's how you want to play, that's fine. I think it's more important to find a way to play the character that clicks with you. Just do what you want to do. I mean, uh, I saw, funnily enough, uh, a, a tweet today about uh, League of Legends. Uh, and I don't play that much League of Legends, but the complaint was that they are considering removing duo queues uh, in general from the game. And I've seen complaints where people are like, well, you know, this makes sense for this rank and above, like on higher ranks, but most people uh-huh. who play this game, they, they play to chill with friends, and like you're just making it worse for them. And I think a lot of people need to realize that just because something is not potentially tournament level viable or whatever doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing it. It's kind of when we talk about tiers, like, oh, this character's super high tier, yeah, but how many people are going to use that on your level? Uh-huh. Or, I mean, even, like, I was watching uh, Arc Revo recently, right? And there was a uh, Nagoriyuki player who was um, up in top eight. And apparently he just bodied his way there. And I was really excited to see him fight. And I saw him fight a top eight. And he just got annihilated because the way he played was just ignoring that the blood meter existed. He just spammed specials until it filled out and then he got killed every time and i was like this is your fucking guy um and it's like oh he's just used to people being overwhelmed and can't fight back and you know listen if that worked for him great but then he got in the top eight it stopped working for him you know uh the mentality around this stuff has just changed and i think for the better even though in that instance i think that man was an idiot (laughs) (laughs) i mean like i said yeah they most of us Dear listeners are probably not going to be in top eight tournaments. You, you should obviously, you know, go to tournaments because I think those I've been to a few and I think those experiences are very nice and valuable. Um, and it's a completely mm. different atmosphere because tournament pressure is a real thing. I have seen it. I have seen players much better than me play worse at tournaments because of that. So I think it's it's a fun experience, but also, um, you know, we aren't, uh, you know, Ogawa or. Galileo or whoever is playing anime fighters these days, we for us it's probably not gonna be relevant that something is like super um like overpowered on higher levels, unless it's mm-hmm. something obvious like, you know, Chrono Phantasma Kokonoe or whatever. But in general, sure. It doesn't sure. it doesn't matter. Like you should probably play your style and play how you enjoy the game and, you know, fuck the haters. Mm-hmm. Though Listen, uh, I the character I'm going to talk about as my main is Hibiki, and we'll get into that for a moment. But I do want to say, like, I think of Chrono of of Central Fiction as being a game that is not on the order of, but in the conversation with Third Strike as far as balance, where there are characters who you're just going to have a rough time with, and one of them was my original main Terumi, um. Tarumi is super fun. He's super cool. He's incredibly bad. Please don't do this to yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I the, have nothing but pain to tell for my time. The power gaps between characters in the game are really, really large. I had, I was testing out ranked uh, with the new patch on PC, and I actually uh, bumped into a Tarumi and they decidedly kicked my ass in the first round, and then after I realized, oh, okay, these are the things you're doing, they couldn't really do anything. It just got bodied back, because mm-hmm. even though 
they were probably far more on point with their character than I was, um, no, they, they just couldn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, this is a problem that Blaze Blue, I think, has had pretty much for its entire run, right? Oh, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Calamity, Calamity Trigger, you had like the fucking like Rachel and News running, running wild, right? Yeah, um, I, I, I cannot. Oh, the, the balance and central fiction compared to previous ones is fucking sublime, but it's still not yeah. great. Like back in the day, it was oh so bad. Oh my god, I don't know how. I we, I mean, I know how we put up with it because we didn't know better, but it was so fucking wild. Mm-hmm. So it's always been a, a series issue, but yeah. So that's that's why I actually eventually settled on Hibiki. Hibiki is a very fun character. Um, kind of like the way I try and describe him to folks when I have to is that he feels kind of like, like a Mario sports, you know, tricky archetype character where he has fairly solid fundamentals. He's not that weird, but he does have some sort of like, like mind game gimmicky stuff around, uh, shadow clones where he can like send out a clone of himself. And then also based on the input, you can decide if it's actually a clone or if it's the real one. And the clone one was the one behind and do some cross ups and stuff. Um, he's just a very agile, like high, low mix up character left, right. And I think he's very fun. So do you want me to tell this? I, I didn't want to tell you this while we were doing our matches. Cause I was worried it might break your heart, but uh, you, you know how you were like, <laughs> okay. Oh wow. You guessed like which one was the real me and which one was the clone. In most cases, yeah. I just went for whatever was closest. I didn't particularly try and guess whether you were trying to juke me or not, because I didn't think it mattered, because, you know, uh, <laughs> like, it just didn't matter. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. right, that's fair. I, th- I thought I thought you were getting ready to tell me if you look at the sprites, you can easily tell which is oh, which. That no. would have broken my heart. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm sure there is a guessing game to it, and I'm sure he can do some sort of weird conversions off of it, but the thing is, I didn't even try to guess. Cause well, it's also, I'm not, like, it's not like I'm so so good and on point that if you're like, if I'm like, haha, that was actually the clone, now I get a 4K punished. Like, no, nah, I'm not that yeah. <laughs> on that level. And to be fair, I, um, I, I play, God, there's a, there's a person who plays Hakuman that I know whose, uh, handle is Scumbag Swordsman, and that's kind of how I play Hakuman, where I just don't respect any of your options until I have to, and in, in most cases, you don't have to respect people's options until they're actually, like, playing something ridiculously threatening, and then you have to block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um there was a point where you played a lot of a secondary character uh until <laughs> until you realized what was happening to your body. Oh, well, I played Na- <laughs> I played Naoto for a very long time because my issue with um Blaze Blue is I would try other characters uh as like secondary characters and none of them would click. I think in now it's no longer true, but in Continuum Shift I tried Tsubaki. Uh, and she was so much work to get, like, I had fun with her, but she was so much work to get anything done, so I dropped her. I think now she's probably much better. Um, then I played Bullet in, uh, Chrono Phantasma, and Bullet was literally the same thing. It's like, oh, um, yeah, you have to work your ass off and for extremely little gain. And I think that's still true. I don't think they ever actually fixed it's, her. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm torn on whether 
if whether she's on the same level or actually worse than Tarumi. She's really bad in this game. Yeah, it's really bad because I really like her moveset and her entire just like get play style. Um, yeah, she's really cool. Yeah, and she has a really good theme song, but alas. Uh, and then in Central Fiction, I tried um, Naoto, which is uh, Blood Boy, aka, I, I don't know, Parallel reality ragna i don't even fucking know man he's 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 ragna from the high school au the official high school au okay okay well essentially his thing is that um he he has very straightforward moves actually like he's basically just you know dps projectiles wreckers you know all, all the things you want from a character the thing with him is though when you do his uh drive-based moves and specials if you are dashing, they are enhanced. So the entire way to play him is doing a lot of micro dashes. If you're playing on an arcade stick, that leads to a lot of wrist pain. If you're playing on a pad, that leads to a lot of thumb pain. And it is actually the only character I've ever played in a fighting game, and I've been playing, you know, fighting games all my life. It is the only character that actually gave, gives me physical pain if I play him for, like, more than 15 minutes. And it's very frustrating that that's even allowed to be a design. Um, yeah. Uh, but I did play a bit of uh, uh, Susano now when I picked up the game again just to keep it fresh. Uh, but I, I just went back to Hakuman in the end. Uh, Susano's my, besides Tarumi, my other secondary. Susano's my secondary when I still want there to be a, a slight possibility of winning as opposed to when I'm just wilding with Tarumi. Um, Susano is, like, in the lore, he's... We can make it quick and just say evil Hakumen, not go into the whole thing. Um, but his main thing is, like, he's an ancient evil who's been sealed away for centuries. And so... His mechanic is around waking up to his old powers, and so you unlock his moves throughout the course of the round. And it's just, I am the kind of person who really likes a character who's so mechanically complex, not necessarily hard to execute, but enough mechanics there for me to think about that I can play two games at once. I can play against my opponent and then against the mechanics. Um, and Susano gives you that. It's really fun. Yeah, I had a lot of fun playing him. I, I think... Once you learn how long you need to do your strings before you... Because how you unlock moves is you have this Gradius uh, bar. Uh, I don't know how many people are familiar with Gradius the shmup, but essentially every time you hit somebody with a normal, the bar moves one pep. And then you need to hit somebody even on block. But actually it doesn't need to be... No, it, can be, it has to be an actual hit. Um, you need to hit somebody uh, with no, a drive. Neither for progressing the bar or for uh, locking it in. Both can be blocked. Okay, okay. Well, then you hit it with a drive to essentially capitalize on it. Uh, some of the pips can only be unlocked once. Some can be leveled up, up to level three. And that gives some different moves. And it's it, the fun part is that depending on which moves you unlock, you have much more different options. Um, like, I noticed very quickly that you should unlock the second pip because that's his dp and that is very essential to just keeping people off of you but then you can also just meme people with the c orb which is always funny the c orb you can do such yeah one of them is just like a mash c and he does like a lightning orb and 
you can get in the corner, you can get the most easy, disgusting compass in the world where you just mash that button and then when the animation ends, take a step forward and do it again and get like 4K. Well, the, so dumb. the damage proration on it is ridiculous. Like I've had matches where I've done two cycles of it and both of those, like like two additional cycles after the first one and the, mm-hmm. the enemy just stopped taking damage. I think it was like one point of damage in a game that is in the thousands and you're mostly just annoying them which is also a fair game yeah um you also like you can get the like the full screen rushing command grab one you can get the sword which is probably the best one yeah it's just this huge poke that also unlocks a really good like three-quarter screen one frame super um he holds a, if you get some really fun options he also has an astral that you can combo into from i am pretty sure almost anything he has i have comboed yeah, yeah. into that astral from the dumbest things uh also his just his 6a is just a like full screen hit scan projectile <laughs> i have still not gotten to the point where i can reliably cut it with hakuman i feel that's kind of like my personal mission because one th- mechanic hakuman mm. has is he can cut projectiles with sword moves and when he does that it creates this massive uh void orb that deals damage if it hits the opponent and absorbs any other projectiles and you know i've gotten i've gotten pretty good at the Cutting spark bolts from takers, which are pretty fast projectiles, and I, I kind of want to like learn to cut a head scan thing just for I, you know the style points. I love the guilty gearness of it, where they are so thorough, like the the arcsisness, where they are very thorough about what counts as a projectile. I lost a round that I probably was going to lose anyway, but the final hit was me doing uh, Hibiki's like six uh, A which is he detaches the blade of his sword and like throws it like straight down like a foot in front of him and you cut it and it turned into an orb and killed me. Um, what was it? I don't know if it's still the case, but I am, I think in central fiction, um, that's central fiction in Chrome Phantasma. I think Hakuman's, um, Agito, the one Magatama thing he does in the air where he kicks you uh, and spins mm-hmm. around. I don't know if it's true in Central Affection. I'm pretty sure in Chrono Phantasma that was a projectile. So you could cut that from other Hakumen. <laughs> That's very stupid. It is. I don't know if they changed it, but I remember that there are a few moves where you're just like, but this is attached to my, my body. Like, now nah, it's still a projectile. Sorry, bye. It's because of that ink trail effect. You're hitting with the ink. I think so. Which also meant that hit uh, if somebody did an astral and you hit them with it, they, they you wouldn't be caught. <laughs> Although to be fair, uh, uh, Hakuben's astral they they sadly nerfed it. It used to catch throws and it used to catch puppet characters, and I'm infinitely sad that it doesn't catch puppet characters anymore. Uh, it catches projectiles, but you can still move. No, 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 no. the um, astral, how- the astral, not the Yukikaze. Oh, sorry. Yes. yes. Because it catches pretty um, everything except throws. Um, though that is how we got the coolest moment that I didn't get on record, which was when I tried to do, I tried to do, I had a hundred meter. I tried to catch you with my projectile super. You hit Yuki Kaze and it caught that. And I didn't have time to jump, but I did have time to hit my overdrive and the invincibility frames on overdrive dodged Yuki Kaze. 
Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, or, or we didn't mention it, but Overdrive has startup and vulnerability, which often leads to the exchange of I try to hit the opponent, they do the Overdrive, my move goes through them, they try to do their super Overdrive to punish me, I do my Overdrive, their Overdrive <laughs> super goes through me, and then I do my super Overdrive to punish their super Overdrive. It's It's pretty absurd. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just other characters we should probably mention, I mean, because they're just, you know, iconic, right? Like, you've got, you know, Ragna, who's the who's the sort of Ryu of this game, only he's got, like, like vampire mechanics, oh, please, where he please. steals life on call him Call him his proper name. He's the sole bad guy of this game. That's fair. He is, he is the sole bad guy of this game. Um... You've got Jin, who's the Kaikisuke. Exactly. Um, you have Nine the Phantom, who's that... Have you ever played the game Magicka on PC? She's that as a fighting game character. Um, you've got trap characters. You've got characters who like do like zoning and control the wind. You've got Arakune, who shouldn't exist because he's just a nightmare. Um, it's got a really wild cast, I would say. You've got Lychee, who's a Mahjong character with staff stances. <laughs> Yeah, you have puppet characters. Uh, there's there's all sorts of things in this game. I one thing that's worth mentioning is that uh, this game is extremely matchup reliant because the characters are so different and there are so many permutations that mm-hmm. it is one of those. This is true for every fighting game where if you don't know what the character you're fighting can do, you're you're probably gonna have a bad time. Uh, this game is even more so than that. If you don't know what the opponent can do or what their options are, you're in for an extremely bad time. It is, it is probably impossible to like navigate your way through. Um, and uh, that also means that it's very hard to switch between characters. I have always heard complaints, and I, I have those complaints as well, where you know I could play you know Hakumen for you know hundreds of hours like I have. But if I try to pick up a different character right now, like, you know, if I try to pick up, I don't know, Amane, I would be starting from zero. Like, it'd be like I've never held, like, Blaze Blue in my hand. Like, I've never, like, actually played the game. Which is true for some games, but for a lot of them, you know, in, in Guilty Gear, even with the new characters, I'd feel... You know, oh, I can you know try try them out for like five or six matches and be like, okay, I think I get what they're supposed to do. Uh, in this game, no, in this game you just have to like sit down and just learn it because the system mechanics aren't as universal. And I mean, there are characters that are easier than others, right? Like anyone can play Minatsume. Um, yes, anyone. But like, yeah, like I I recently have been trying to work on uh, Lychee, but I've only been practicing her in matches versus friends. And it's like, I can't do that. I have to go into training mode. She has like seven different stances and all her normals are different depending on the stance. I can't just learn her through versus. I can't do it. Yeah, it is definitely the only game where like I tried learning Susano through uh, versus mode. And, you know, sometimes you're like... Oh, let me just look at the move list and I'll be fine. But this is the only game where I'm like, hey, I'm gonna skip the next two matches while I open the wiki and actually read like data for moves to understand what the hell is happening. 
yeah, this is a very uh, dust loop, uh, <laughs> like non-optional game. Yeah, no, this is definitely it's it's a very complex game. I do like it though because you, you know how it kind of went is like I play a lot of this, and then a bunch of new fighting games came out, and they stopped making Blaze Blue. So you know, after Blaze Blue, you know what did we have? We had Guilty Gear Exert. We had. Uh, Grand Blue, we had Dragon Ball Fighters, uh, we had a new Street Fighter, um, we have, like, Tekken. We got so many things coming out after Blaze Blue, and they've mm-hmm. they've all kind of gone to more, like, streamlining stuff, and it's because it's been, like, a very gradual transition. You kind of don't even notice that. But, say, go- going back from, um, you know, even, like, like uh, the Dungeon Fighters, uh, Dual beta and um, Guilty Gear Strive. Going back from those to uh, like Blaze Blue, you're kind of like, wow, this is this is pretty mechanically like intense and very um, like very involved. Like, not to say the other games are involved, but it's just like it, it, it's kind of on the for me at least, it's kind of right the right balance between old game that has weird janky stuff and modern fighting game it's kind of like on that border of like when we went to like actual like contemporary good game uh, design for fighting games that makes sense yeah i mean for me i i really do think it hits a sweet spot as well where i feel like it's got a good fast pace um and i'm constantly making choices but like i don't feel like I feel like there are very few instances where, there, where there's too much on screen for me to process, you know? Like, when I'm playing Guilty Gear Strive, and I have learned to enjoy Guilty Gear Strive, I still have, I still ultimately am, am kind of disappointed by it, but I've learned to have some fun with it. But, like, in Guilty Gear Strive, there are long periods of, like, four or five seconds, right? Which for a Friday game is a pretty long time, where I've already made the decision, and I'm just waiting for the decision to come up, because the game moves so slowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't happen in Blaze Blue. No, you you live in the moment in Blaze Blue. Uh, and I just find that really, I just find it very rewarding. I think like there are a lot of really cool animations. Everyone is very flashy in this game. You can just for almost every character, you can just press the drive button, and a cool thing will happen. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just fun. Yeah, because. I guess what I think I'm probably getting at is, you know how whenever we play like an old fighting game and it's, oh, this is, you know, this game, you know, it's old, it's obviously old fighting game has bad inputs and stuff like that, but it has this one or two really cool mechanics or like it has this really cool idea and it'd be great to see a modern take on it. Um, this game, when I came, you know, when you came back to it, like after not playing it for years, uh, my attitude was like, you know, I feel like, Blaze Blue covers some part of a Venn diagram um, where it still has its own niche right now, in the sense of like if they released uh-huh. a new Blaze Blue and kept the you know pacing and tone essentially a central fiction, it would probably have an audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the closest that comes right now is like Undernight, but even Undernight is a little more dialed down. Yeah, I'd say so too. Undernight, Undernight is um, a bit more savage than Blaze Blue, um, yeah. but but yeah, it's it's, it's a bit dialed down. I feel I, I I would like if Arc System Works went back to Blaze Blue, but I personally think from 
like a professional uh, point of view um, that they should not make Blaze Blue like Strive because I think they should make Blaze Blue its thing and Guilty Gear its own thing because mm-hmm. why would you compete with your own games? Yeah, and I think also, I mean, honestly, just speaking professionally, I think they don't have a reason to go back to Blaze Blue right now. I think they'd make a great game. But they have so much on their plate, and a lot of their stuff is doing really well that I think probably there's no reason to touch Blaze Blue for a while. I mean, they have uh, Strive has been their best-selling fighting game, like the, the their first-party one that is, and counting like the licensed stuff they've done. Um, mm-hmm. And it is very reasonable that they would take have the takeaway of oh, we made Guilty Gear simpler and then much better, therefore. We should make Blaze Blue simpler, and it'll do much better. And then they'll do the strive treatment for Blaze Blue, um, which I think is not exactly a good conclusion because the conclusion could also be yeah. that there's more people in general playing games now. There was a pandemic. We had rollback. There's a lot of factors as to why Strive is their biggest fighting game right now. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about it on the episode, but. Strive was like an olive branch to the guilty or to the Street Fighter crowd. Yeah, know? yeah. So I would like if we, we return to Blaze Blue that it kind of keeps the level it has with Central Faction right now in terms of, you know, even like mechanics, in terms of like even balancing and stuff like that, just make it more raw, more technical, more, um, more set it down and figure it out because I think it covers a need, um, that maybe Strive isn't covering for a lot of people. Because mm-hmm. even, even you know, you could also say, like, oh, they should just make a, you know, like, old Guilty Gear instead, but even back when Blaze Blue was marketed as the replacement for Guilty Gear, like, when Blaze Blue was, uh, like, Calamity Trigger was new, a lot of Guilty Gear players were like, oh, this is just dumbed-down Guilty Gear, and they didn't move on to it. Like, they didn't care about it. So you're not getting that crowd. You can just like like you know, just keep your blaze blue crowd in my opinion. Yeah. Uh there is a portion of people out there who get <laughs> sold on the like setting and world building of Blaze Blue. And I won't go too deep on it. Uh, basically what I will say is first of all, every fight that happens in Blaze Blue, every matchup, every game you've ever played is canon. Because we're trapped in an endless time loop. Did they so bring that back? Because, like, I know first one was the time loop, and then in Continuum Shift, they broke the time loop. Did they come back into a time loop again? Was that the thing that happened? It's... Listen, Mia Drag, we'd have to do another one of those streams where I explain the lore. Because uh- <laughs> I know that at some point they did a soft reset where they remixed character allegiances and all sorts of shift- shit between Chrono Phantasma and Central Fiction, and... At this point, I only know the ending of Central Fiction. I don't even know anything else. So it is basically accepted that the versus matches are still occurring within the time loop. The main story is in a different state. Uh, how about I use the phrase, we're all trapped in someone's dreams and we can leave it at that. Also, oh, it's Morrowind or Elder Scrolls. Kind of, yeah. Um, and that I without... I I feel like there's some really fun sequel potential, honestly, in the fact that the way it ends is sort of changing the... It's like... The way central fiction ends is that a central element of the world is erased 
And it's like, okay, we are rebuilding the world with the assumption that this thing never existed. And you get a quick, quick glimpse of how that would change things. For instance, that Hakuman is now Subaki instead of Jin. Mm-hmm. And that Noel is a nun. And a bunch of stuff like that. And that would be really fun to play with in a sequel. So. A nun with guns. I've never seen that in a fighting game. <laughs> I know. It's a, it's a whole new idea. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's... I like... So I like the characters in blaze blue like in terms of like their attitudes and like how the you know when you pick a character you can kind of feel what their stick is but i i i I cannot get into the overarching story it just completely lost me yeah um i mean it's doing a it's doing a visual novel thing and there uh there are like choices to make to see different arcs there are you know like gimmick endings you can do character specific stuff they they go really hard into the story and it's not always for the best because they also decide to include anything from us like they're they're like there's a i there's an iphone game or excuse me i should just say phone game because it's on android uh there is a uh there are there's a manga there are light novels and they try and incorporate all that stuff and i don't think that's a good idea because it leads to you taking for example a light novel character who's a lady named embryo storage and you're like i don't like this oh that's what s stands for (laughs) yeah oh oh okay i thought it was just like s and that's it okay i didn't know what was a shorthand okay uh uh-huh yeah those 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 spin-off manga are kind of a crime. Wait, wait, no, um, no, that's that, no. She's from a visual novel, isn't? Uh, oh, right, she's a, from Crossblaze. Yeah, she's from Crossblaze, and Naoto is from the Blood Edge Experience. <laughs> I'm always having the Blood Edge Experience, my man. No, it's uh, you go to the steakhouse, and they're like, "Can we interest you in the Blood Edge Experience?" Yeah, but this also means that the Blaze Blue Cross Tag is also canon. I mean. It, if you've played the story mode of that, yeah. Yeah. yeah they're all canon. Yeah. Like, it's all canon. Well, and, and they and they just do the stupid thing where they're in a parallel dimension at the end. It's like, okay, I'll erase everyone's memory. You know, it's easy to make anything canon if you're willing to do that shit. Ah, the, the beach episode of Blaze Blue. <laughs> Everyone remembers the beach episode. <laughs> I would really, it would be really horrifying to do an episode about fan service and like characters getting their tits out and then erase everyone's memory. That makes everything weirdly non-consensual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway let's uh anyway. i think we should probably cover uh before we wrap up the main thing that made us play again mm-hmm. yeah uh how are you how are you liking the new rollback i think it's very good i'm very happy with it that's my takeaway it's really... it's, it's, it's extremely <laughs> reliable <laughs> yeah it's it's great like it's it's very responsive. It feels really good, even you know, because we have a before and after. We can compare to our previous experiences, and it just feels great. And also, it just has had given me a moment to reflect on like the early days of rollback netcode and how far we've come. Right? Like, I remember playing a bunch of like Third Strike Online Edition and like throwing at a normal and hearing KO and then seeing myself be comboed because the rollback kicked in. Right? Yeah. Um. And it's so much more elegant now. Yep, and they also added some uh, cool new features, which make it 
because even, w- even with rollback, it would have been extremely annoying because in original central fiction lobbies, if you do player lobbies, uh, you have these little rooms you can decorate, and then you invite people to those rooms, and then you play a match, and then it kicks you back to the uh, room. There's no retry button or anything. You're just like, you have to go through several loading screens every single time. <clears throat> and they actually managed to uh, incorporate a retry button, which makes things obscenely more smooth and easier because you can just go back in the fight right away. And for anyone who's who's like wondering, this is one of those like quality of life things. It even does the thing where if you pick random stage, random music, it re-randomizes those things. Yep. So you can just pick ra- <coughs> excuse me. You can just pick pick random, and uh, yeah, you'll always have a different song. Uh, and also another thing that you want you want to look out for. Um, this isn't one of those games where you have to pick a, a specific stage or it lags. So. Well, not anymore. It used to be. <laughs> no, not anymore. It did used to be. It, That's true. It used, now it's it, right. it used to be you have to pick uh, Colosseum every time. Otherwise, you'd be dealing mm-hmm. with the worst possible lag. Now you can just... I think I heard reports that there were a few stages during beta that were problematic, but I think they fixed them. Yeah, and they did another update literally yesterday. Yeah. So, yep. so with a fair few changes. So. I am very happy with, and if you want to play Blaze Blue, that's currently the best way to play it. And because it's a very old game, you don't really need a beefy PC to run it, because it's still a sprite-based fighting game. It's not like using Arc System Works new 3D model stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, all in all, I'm just here to say uh, it's the best time it's ever been to play Blaze Blue. I love Blaze Blue. Yep. Uh, and my advice is. Uh, when you're playing Blaze Blue uh, and you're fighting Tagers, uh, never give them even an inch. Show no sympathy. If you're like, wow, I've gotten 20 hits into this Tager because I've been poking them like a scumbag, maybe I should tone down to let the other person play. Don't. They they, they know what they signed up for when they play that character. Yeah, I don't disagree. They're um, they're trash and they deserve to be here. Here's the, here's the ultimate thing, right? Uh, if you go up against, if you have an inkling, you might be going up against a taker. You need to look up Gadget Finger and understand what's happening, or you will not get to play. Yeah, no, just um, <laughs> don't give. I think actually good advice is don't give anyone an inch in this game, but especially not takers and full screen zoners. Don't don't show any sympathy. You probably, you can either give Hakum, you can either not give Hakuman an inch or give Hakuman a foot. You can't give him six inches. That's real bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I think I think that's that's just where we're coming out on it. Um, it's a it's a complex game in a way that we're not getting as many of these days, and it's really satisfying for that. Yeah, it's very much a breath of fresh air, and I feel this happens all the time with genres where we get all of these like proper uh like practice developed games of a genre like you get a lot of like fps that are like oh well this is just how you make fps and then somebody comes in with like a retro boomer shooter and you're like man i miss this i miss just having a shotgun and pressing left click and stuff explodes Mm -hmm. yeah it's good shit all right well uh, Miodrag, where can people find you and your work on the internet? Uh, so you can find me on twitch.tv slash realsovietthebear, and you can find me on twitter.com slash mdkii, that's M- mdkromannumerals2. And where can people find you, Six? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Six Detmar, S-I-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. You can also find my work at ScanlineMedia.com or Patreon.com slash ScanlineMedia. I am putting out just about a podcast every weekday. I do a lot of work. You should check some of it out. Yep, you should. Uh, but until next time, folks... Uh, do, did we have a sign-off for this one, or did we just say peace out? We probably just say peace out. I think I've tried to make various sign-offs, and you've shut me down because they sucked. I just say that bye. That sounds like our dynamic. All right, peace. Bye. Bye.